Well, Bible reading comes from, well, starts at, Mar, in Mark chapter 7 at verse 31 and goes through to Mark chapter 8, verse 21. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went to Sidon, to the Sea of Galilee, in the region of Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. And taking him aside from the crowd privately, he put his fingers into his ears, and after spitting, touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged them to tell no one, but the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. In those days, when again a great crowd had gathered and they had nothing to eat, he called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. And his disciples answered him, how can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And he asked them, how many loaves do you have? They said, seven. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And they set them before the crowd. And they had a few small fish, and having blessed them, he said that these also should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied. And they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. And there were about 4,000 people. And he sent them away. And immediately he got into his boat at, with his disciples and went to the district of Dalmanutha. The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, seeing from him a, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Truly I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he left them and got into, his, into the boat again and went to the other side. Now they had forgotten to bring bread and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them saying, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they be began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? 
And do you not remember, when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They said to him, 12. And the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, seven. And he said to them, do you not yet understand? Morning, everyone. My name's Jared. I'm pastor here. And uh, it's great to get to open God's word with you this morning. Will you please join me as we pray? Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your grace to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that as we come to this time of Advent, we look forward to uh, remembering the coming of the Lord Jesus and how you, Lord Jesus, left heaven to come down to this earth that you made uh, to save people like us. And uh, we thank you for that amazing truth that you became a human. You took on flesh and uh, humbled yourself in doing that. Lord, uh, help us as we read in Mark today to really understand and get a greater appreciation of the truth, Lord Jesus, that you are God with us and, um, and what you've come to do for us. Um, and we pray this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Um, so I've got a box here, uh, in case you hadn't noticed, um, and it's got some stuff in it. I raided my side table and a few other parts of the house. Um, and you might be thinking, well, why, why does he have a box? Has he, has he lost his marbles? I should have put some marbles in here. So yeah, <laughs> I don't have them with me. But um, but the reason why I have a box is, I don't know if anyone remembers, maybe you've done this, uh, where you go to one of those days where they're trying to teach you how to be smart with your memory and um, or, or at school or something, and they show you a box and they show you all the stuff inside the box and then and then they, s- they, they cover the box and they ask you, can you name, you know, the 27 things that were in there. <laughs> You're like, I thought there were five. <laughs> anyone anyone familiar with, with something like that? Yeah, okay, great. So I have a box here today and I've got a few different things that I'll show you. I've got a Ziploc bag. Um, I've got a thing for uh, any knots in you. If anyone needs, needs that. I've got another one actually as well. <laughs> um, a spirit level here, yeah, which is always handy. Um, I've got a microfiber cloth. Um, my watch, uh, <laughs> maybe I should put that on, <laughs> um, uh, wallet that's made out of a number plate, um, uh, scissors, I always forget the scissors, I don't know about you, um, and then, uh, DVD remote, oh, so for, for anyone who uh, doesn't know what a DVD is, <laughs> it's like a disc, before there was Netflix, we used to do that, I still do that, but I'm a bit alternative, my sunglasses, um, uh, a back scratcher uh, and a nail clipper and the spare keys to my car. So that's that's all of the stuff. Um, I don't even remember all that stuff. I'd be very impressed if you did. Maybe we can try that later. Uh, but the important thing to note is that the this is the, that's that's first and foremost about memory. But it's not. It doesn't actually deal with the purpose of each of those individual things, does it? So we're asking you, do you remember? what things were in there, but they're not asking you, do you know what a spirit level does? Do you know what a back scratcher is for? Do you know, uh, you know, what, <laughs> what this is? <laughs> so, so realize that that's about memory, but it doesn't teach you the significance of those things. We'll come back to that later. Uh, Today we're going to be thinking about, uh, firstly, the evidence uh, that, that we have for Jesus uh, being God with us. And, um, and that's kind of, 
clear from uh, Jesus healing the, the deaf and the mute man and then also uh, miraculously feeding thousands and thousands of people. And then once we've seen that evidence, we're going to then have a look at the responses from the Pharisees and also from the disciples. So there'll be a bit about memory, but there's also a bit about significance in there. So the fact that Jesus is Emmanuel is something that we, we, we talk about at Christmas. You might have seen signs around saying Emmanuel, um, that, and that means God with us. And that's, that's uh, one of the names that Jesus is given in the Bible, God with us. Because here Jesus, he, he is God himself uh, forever, being in that perfect loving relationship with the Father and the Spirit. Jesus is God. And then, and then 2,000 years ago, uh, just over 2,000 years ago, he took on flesh to become a man, to become like me and like you. He lived on this earth. He walked here. He breathed the air. He touched people. He, he would have smiled. He would have lived his life on this earth, a real human, but really God simultaneously. So that's what we, we're getting at when we, when we hear the name Emmanuel in our Bibles. And amazingly, uh, Mark in this passage has put before us how Jesus is this God. And he gives us two, two accounts that demonstrate this. Uh, the first one being Jesus healing the deaf and the mute man. And the second one being Jesus feeding the thousands uh, from a few loaves and fish. And both of these make use of sort of allusions or references to the Old Testament. So where uh, in the book of Exodus, which is where God... Uh, after he, he brings his people out of slavery in Egypt, and, um, and we get to, to, to see how Mark is linking Jesus with this God from the Old Testament. Uh, so we pick it up in, in healing the deaf man. So Jesus has returned from the region of Tyre, gone through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. And they bring to him a man who is deaf and has a speech impediment. And they beg him, to lay his hand on him. They want Jesus to heal this guy. They know that Jesus has been healing people all over the place. And, um, and so Jesus, in his compassion and love and kindness, he takes this man aside from the crowds privately. Uh, it's, it's not some massive show, but he's, he, he takes him and he puts his fingers into his ears and after spitting, touches his tongue. Looking up to heaven, he sighed. Do you see that? He sighed. He looks at this world that he made and he sees how people are living in, in the, they, they have the effects of sin. Uh, not to say that that guy was, blind, uh, was deaf and, and mute because of his personal sin, but because of sin in the world, we live in a broken world, don't we? With, with uh, sickness and sadness. And Jesus sighs. And then he says to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. What an awesome miracle that is. Here's a guy who, who couldn't speak, who was deaf, and Jesus does this amazing miracle of giving him speech and hearing. And Jesus then tells them not to tell anyone. He says, keep it quiet. But the more that he tells them to keep it quiet, the more that they keep telling others. And they're astonished beyond measure, saying he's done all things well. And then they, they say this line, he even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Now, if you're familiar with the book of Exodus, which we mentioned earlier, you might be familiar with uh, Exodus chapter 4 and uh, verse 11. 
This is uh, where the Lord is speaking to Moses. He says these words. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? And we go, wow. That's who Jesus is. Standing right in front of them. The Lord himself, having taken on flesh, being right there face to face with him. And so this line here, he even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. As Mark's been getting us to consider the whole way through so far, who is this man? Who is Jesus? The answer is he is the Lord. He is God with us, Emmanuel. God come to this earth, taking on flesh. That's the first one. The second uh, section we we get to is Jesus feeding the 4,000. There's a a great crowd. Uh, They have nothing to eat. Uh, Jesus calls his disciples to him and he says to them, I have compassion on the crowd because they've been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. And his disciples answered him, How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? Now, if you were with us a few weeks ago, you might be familiar with how one can feed these people in a desolate place (laughs) with not a lot of bread. Uh, I'll I'll grab my box. At this point, it's like the disciples forgot the whole exercise. They forgot that we ever did this box thing. Uh, they've, They've just completely forgotten uh, that, that Jesus miraculously fed 5,000 plus people a few chapters earlier. Uh, and so now, faced with 4,000 people in a desolate place again, they're saying to Jesus, how, 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 that's impossible, how's that going to happen? And uh, I love Jesus' response, he says, how many loaves do you have? <laughs> it's just perfect. I'll put my box down. Um, yeah, Jesus miraculously fed 5,000 people plus And now he's with 4,000 here, and they've got seven loaves. And so we have again what happened before. He he directs the crowd to sit on the ground. He takes the seven loaves. He gives thanks. He broke them, and he gave them to the disciples to set before the people, and they set them before the crowd. And they also had a few small fish. Having blessed them, he said that these should also be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied. And they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. And so we again have Jesus miraculously feeding thousands of people from a few small loaves and a few small fish. And once again, this reminds us of the Old Testament. And in that same book, Exodus, God, after he's brought his people, his Old Testament people, Israel, out of slavery in Egypt, and he's brought them into the wilderness, a desolate place, He feeds them miraculously with bread from heaven, manna. And here, Jesus miraculously feeds these people with bread. But even more amazing than than the physical bread that Jesus has given to these people is the spiritual bread that he gives to them, the bread of life, this spiritual nourishment that we all so desperately need. So again, we have here Mark showing us that Jesus is the God of the Old Testament. He's the one who miraculously provides food for his people. And it makes sense when you think about it. I mean, the creator of the world, the one who made everything, of course he can make more bread for these people. 
Of course he can do that. Uh, he has all power and all control. And that's who Jesus is. And, and Mark's made that very clear for us through these two passages. Jesus is God with us, Emmanuel. And, and we see here that there are baskets left over. There's an abundance, a surplus to the way that God does this. And it's beautiful. And Jesus sends the people away and he gets into the boat um, immediately and he's in with his disciples and they, they go to the district of Dalmanutha. Now we have the two sorts of responses that they have to Jesus. The first being the Pharisees. The Pharisees come to Jesus looking for a fight. They come to argue with him. And if you remember what they've been doing so far in the book, that doesn't seem that out of character. They, uh, they keep trying to pick fights with Jesus and undermine him and uh, judge him and, and try and make it out as though he or his disciples are doing the wrong thing. And so they come this time and they come seeking a sign from heaven. Uh, not, not a sign from heaven because they're genuinely interested in him. Notice that they come seeking from him a sign from heaven. Why? To test him. They want to test Jesus. And so they come and they argue with him and they come to test him. Again, Jesus sighs, but this time his sighing uh, appears to be more about their, their rebellion and their sin against him rather than just the mere effects of sin. And Jesus says to them, why does this generation seek a sign? Truly, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he left them, got into the boat and went to the other side. When you think about where we're up to in Mark so far, how many things have we seen Jesus do that proves exactly who he is? Uh, even in just the preceding passages that we've seen today, Jesus miraculously makes bread to feed thousands of people. He heals a guy who is deaf and mute, uh, something that only God does in the Old Testament. And then if you add in all of the other things that Jesus has been doing so far in Mark's gospel, you know, healing lepers, making people who are paralyzed walk, uh, calming storms, uh, speaking the truth with authority, casting out demons and the list goes on and on and on we get to see that they're not rejecting Jesus because of a lack of evidence they're rejecting Jesus because of the hardness of their hearts Jesus has given more evidence than we could ever ask for Jesus is God with us but in the face of this evidence this overwhelming evidence the Pharisees are not convinced they're not convinced not because the evidence is insufficient, but because their hearts are hard. They, 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 they turn a deaf ear and a blind eye to Jesus. They don't like the idea that he's coming to, to save. They want to have their power and their rule, and, and, and they hate the idea that Jesus is God's king come to rule forever. So that's the response of the Pharisees in the face of the evidence, rejecting him. The disciples, how do they respond? Well, they see the evidence and um, they remember the facts, but they miss the significance. Um, I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll take it from, from where, where they get into the boat and they bring only one loaf of bread. Jesus warns them, saying these words, Watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Uh, like yeast that goes through the whole dough or toxins that would poison a whole glass of water, the Pharisees and Herod's ways 
are corrupting and the disciples must watch out for that and the tendencies they have in their own hearts. But do they get that from what Jesus said, his warning about the leaven? No, the disciples go, oh, yeah, good point, Jesus. We don't have any bread. Who forgot the bread? James, it's usually you, isn't it, James? Or Peter, did you have that extra piece again? Or Matthew, up to his old trickster ways again, isn't he? (laughs) Can you imagine what that was like? Jesus, he's just fed these people miraculously, which points to his identity as God. He spiritually fed them by preaching them the word. And now his own disciples in the boat, they've, they've forgotten the bread. And when Jesus tells them to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, uh, they think that they should start talking about the fact that they forgot their loaf of bread. They've missed the point, haven't they? They, Jesus says this to them. He says, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? They've missed the point. Uh, this is more than about just some physical bread. Jesus is God with us. He's Emmanuel, the creator who's physically here with them. And just like he miraculously gave that man the ability to hear and to speak, Jesus miraculously fed these people in the wilderness. He fed them spiritually first and foremost, uh, giving of himself the bread of life, but he also fed them physically. They've seen Jesus do these things. They've been walking around with him for for a few years now. they've, They've heard him, but it's just not yet sunk in they haven't yet fully grasped who jesus is and so they find themselves in a similar position to the pharisees missing the point Uh, i'll be back i should just leave this up here shouldn't i so so it's, it's it's like this the disciples uh they 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 remember what happened they remember the facts so if you imagine our box illustration they could tell you everything in the box and i'll show you how now Jesus says, and do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They said to him, 12. They know, they know. And and the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, seven. They they know as well. They know there's, there's, so they could tell you there's a spirit level, the DVD remote, the, the scissors, the watch, the back scratcher. They know the facts. They know how many low, how many baskets of broken pieces they took up. And yet, Jesus says to them, and do you not yet understand? They remembered the evidence. They could recall the facts, but it hadn't sunk in yet. Uh, it's as if they, they could tell you that there was a spirit level in the box, but not tell you what the spirit level was for. And so, the disciples find themselves in a position of not yet fully grasping who Jesus is. And the amazing thing that we'll get to next week, we'll get to see how Jesus, he shows them who he is and he gives them the spiritual sight that we so desperately all need. But we see here that Jesus has provided abundantly for them. Uh, the, the same God who's the creator, who made all the bread that there ever will be and ever, ever, ever is or was, or all of that, that creator, of course he can make some, some loaves here 
into loaves enough to feed a few thousand people. And of course, that same creator can take that one loaf or no loaves on the boat and produce enough for the disciples who are sitting in that boat with him. Jesus is God with us. He is here. He came to save us. Right now, he, he rules uh, from the right hand of the Father. He, he, he came to this earth uh, and he was born as one of us. Uh, it, I find that uh, ma- amazing. I don't, uh, see, I'm losing words here. <laughs> Isn't it astonishing to think that God himself would come and be born into this world, that he would live a life here like us, that he goes through the trials and the, the struggles that we go through, that he knows what that's like, but he never sinned. He never once did the wrong thing and he perfectly fulfilled the law. And then he, he, didn't, he didn't just come uh, to come as a baby though. I, I want us to think about that uh, for Christmas as well. Uh, if, if we remember that Jesus came like just something in a box but missed the significance of it, then that would be a tragedy, wouldn't it? We need to remember that not only did Jesus come, but he came for a reason. Jesus came to save. You see, it's amazing when we think about the fact that God is with us, that that God came. Uh, You you think, wow, God loves us, that he would show up into this world, that he would come and and, and care for us and, and be here. But even more than that, Jesus came to save us. He came to die. And, and he did that because there's a brokenness in our relationship with God. By nature, we, we walk our own way. We, we, we choose to, to reject God and not live life his way. And for that, deserve his judgment. The amazing thing is that Jesus came into this world. He came and he came to die. To take that judgment in our place, to set us free from it, so that we can stand right before God, having been given his righteousness and he having taken our debt that we owed God upon himself on the cross. So as we come to Christmas, as we start to reflect on the fact that Jesus is God with us, that he came to save us, let's also reflect on the fact that he came to save us. He came with a purpose. Uh, Jesus uh, is, is God. And when you reflect on that, you realize how much God truly loves us. He really, really cares. I, I think um, I went to a birthday party once uh, for, for someone and and this person had a, had a number of friends and some, a number of their friends didn't show up. And, um, and that was really sad. It was, um, it was really interesting. It was quite revealing because the people who did show up, um, I think I could see that they really cared for this person, but, but some of the others didn't, didn't see it as a priority. God showed up for us. He came to this earth. You might, you might be thinking that people in my life are letting me down. There's so many challenges and all the rest of it. Dwell on the fact that God himself came to to save you. He came to this earth. He loves you that much that he came and he came to save. Uh, Jesus, imagine the the humility of Jesus to to become a human, the creator of everything, to become a human, to walk around in in his own creation. And how much more the humility of of that, that very creator to go to the cross for us, to die in our place. So if you, if you don't know Jesus yet, come and talk to me afterwards. I'd love to talk with you and chat to you more about Jesus. Uh, come and work out more about what Christmas really is about. Our world celebrates Christmas. Come and find out the true meaning of it. If you do know Jesus, I pray that this can be a great opportunity for you to rejoice 
in the truth that Jesus is Emmanuel, that he showed up and that he came to save us. So let's join together in prayer now. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your abundant love for us. Lord Jesus, thank you that you came, that you came to save us, that you walked this earth that you made, uh, that, that you are the ruler of everything. Lord, help us not to have uh, just the, the ability to recall facts without the ability to see the significance, but help us, Lord, to remember that you came, that you lived, that you died, and that you rose again, and help us not only to remember those as mere facts, but to see the significance, Lord to see the amazing love that you've shown us, the love that redeems us and saves us. Lord, we put our trust in you and we turn away from doing things our way and we ask that you would be merciful to us and we thank you that we can rejoice in the love and the joy and the hope and the peace as we reflect on who you are, Lord Jesus, and what you came to do. In your precious name, amen.